0: Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of the flow podcast with me, your host, O'Brien Daly. And before I get into anything, I just want to quickly address, um, I may sound a little different compared to my other episodes. Um, I'm not exactly finding a cold, at least I don't think, I just have a slight cough and, cough and uh, yeah, my chest just feels a little off, but um, I should be fine. I apologize if I cough or sneeze during the episode, though. I'll try not to. And on that note, let's get into it. So with the first topic today, or like the first part of the show, I thought I would give, you know, some tips maybe for uh, kids looking to get in to playing lacrosse or parents, you know, who kids want to get into lacrosse or just people in general who are trying to get into the sport. That want to get some gear but don't really want to break the bank doing it. Um, for many of our listeners out there, you know, many of you may realize obviously that the game of lacrosse isn't exactly a cheap one. Um, it can be, it can be expensive, uh, like many sports, uh, if you want to get good stuff. But I don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be. For example, let's talk about probably I would say the most important part of lacrosse, uh, the stick. You know, lacrosse sticks can be pretty expensive. The highest I think I've ever seen one was, I believe, three hundred and fifty dollars, which I think can be a pretty decent chunk of change. You know, Um, I definitely believe there are more expensive out there. I believe there was a five hundred dollar one I heard about once, but I'm not exactly sure. But you know, that's expensive, especially if, like, when you're if you buy, like, say, a three hundred dollar stick and someone breaks it. And that can be the one of the most frustrating things for a lacrosse player, as many many of you may know or have experienced. Um, so that's why it's not really wrong to try to find a cheap stick, I think. Um, and when I say cheap, um, the, price, the first price that really comes to mind is about $50 or under. So, like, um, I don't mind paying $50 for a stick. Uh, I believe the stick I got when I first got back into lacrosse in... Um, Middle school was about fifty dollars, and I had it well up to high school until I got a uh, newer one. So yeah, I believe you can get decent ones out there for less than fifty dollars, even twenty. And you know, especially if you're just starting off and you don't know if you want to keep playing the game. But in that case as well, I would recommend maybe asking to borrow one uh, because that's what I did back when I did like junior box lacrosse was borrow sticks from friends or family friends and so on. In fact, I think I still have one of my, like, the original lacrosse stick I had because it was given to me as a gift. And that thing is old as hell. I don't, like, you could definitely not play with it anymore. It has no pocket really whatsoever. It was, but it's still funny to kind of look back at when I go, if I see it out in my dad's garage. But that might be one of the best things you could do, especially starting out is borrow or just find cheap and then try to make a good pocket with it now if you find a cheap one this the uh the shaft actually might be pretty heavy like the one i got back in like when i first started again in middle school that one had a decent bit of weight for it especially like you know for a lacrosse stick um and i got a lot of grief for it uh but you know i actually saw there was a slight advantage to it i thought um it didn't really it took a beating like it did eventually get dented like to like where it had a slight crook in it um but it it was good it was a good solid stick you know it was a good first stick and um it did the job it needed to now the second tip I would give goes for really just about finding any piece of lacrosse gear and that is yard sales yard sales yard sales um, they can truly be like great things to find gear at lacrosse gear at, uh, especially if you're in a lacrosse town like like I lived in for like most of my life. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the last show, but uh, actually one of my uh, main pieces of gear that I still use even um, a pair of uh, I have a pair of Brine um, elbow pads and i got them at a garage sale and i have used them since uh they're they're bit on the older side they're like it's like the old brian logo with like the little the old graphic on it so they are a bit worn you know and i've seen plenty of playing time sorta (laughs) uh but i even ended up trimming them down to the point where they were just basically elbow pat like just basically covered the elbow because i believe they were uh par- like they like r- were defender pads uh you know they covered a decent bit of the forearm and bicep but like i just could not shoot with them or like really just pass with them in general cuz it just felt like you know they were old so they were a little stiff and you know they covered the whole arm so yeah they were tough to use so i was like one day i was like you know what t- i'm going i'm just going to do this i took a pair of scissors and cut them up and like now they just were they just capped my elbows and honestly it made a huge difference granted they did slide a little bit they weren't they didn't really stay as much because like when they like they didn't have like velcro or anything they literally just slid on but i loved them and i still use them so yeah yard sales can be a gold mine uh especially not just for uh like gear to wear like equipment to help you make your game better i i one thing i also i got i believe it was at the same garage sale was uh one of those uh, pro lacrosse bounce targets and of course the using that you know for wall ball drills just like helped immensely and and i got it for like less than 50 dollars. so like i said you just gotta go to them now will you find some stuff a little more on the rundown side yeah i'm not gonna lie it's a garage sale it's usually stuff people have used sometimes you may find a steal and find a pair of like barely used gloves or barely used elbow pads or even cleats maybe uh obviously you hope for that, but, you know, for starting out, it's not, it's not all really, it's not a bad deal. Of course, now, I will say, if you want it, if you're getting serious about it, I wouldn't, maybe it'd be a good idea, you know, to invest in some de- slightly better decent gear, maybe, um, cleats especially, because I can't tell you how many times, I've had the same pair of cleats, um, to play lacrosse in, like, since, you know, I first got them in, back in, like, I think 10th or 11th grade, maybe even 9th. And uh, they've always worked great. Um, And I definitely think you should get a good pair of cleats no matter what because one thing that makes a cross unbearable is blisters. Like, really bad blisters, which I had gotten before because of, like, other sports like football and stuff. And I didn't have the best gear, you know, when I started playing. Then I eventually got a decent pair and it was all better. But um, if you're trying out for, like, your high school team or middle school team, I will say this, like, to any, like, like high schoolers or middle schoolers listening to this, I don't know if they would be, but, um, or like I said, uh, parents whose kids are interested in doing lacrosse, um, usually most public schools will give your kids equipment, usually, like, they usually have a decent store room full of stuff, at least my high school did in um, middle school and I believe to be fair we were a bit of a lacrosse town so we had dozens we had a lot of old gear you know from years past and eventually though when you're in high school you do know pretty much everyone has like a single piece of gear like for each thing they oh, everyone ha- usually would have end up having their own helmet, their own gloves, their own elbow pad, their own shoulder pads, chest protector, what have you. so yeah um, but usually they will always like borrow let your kid borrow stuff just in case they need it. Though, the one thing they never have is a lacrosse stick. Um, I believe in the past sometimes if a kid wanted to start out like a coach, usually would have maybe had a, a spare one. They would let him borrow. But usually they always... That was like the one thing you just had to have yourself. And that kind of goes back to, you know, finding the cheapest one you can and just work with it. Uh, usually I would now usually you would have to have someone make a decent pocket with it or at least or change up the whole string orientation of the stick because a lot of store-bought sticks usually aren't strung really well or they're just strung basically and they just don't really do much for players at least that's how it was for me when i got my first stick when i came back to lacrosse and of course another way you could find uh decently cheap lacrosse gear is, uh, go is online you know eBay Craigslist or any other site that sells used sports gear or cheap sports gear in general now this is basically like going to garage sales and yard sales to uh, to find gear but of course it's just online but it's still a great uh, tactic to use and it's a great way I think to get lacrosse balls as well Because people will just sell old buckets I've seen, you know, full of them, like 20 balls for, like, $15 or sometimes more than that because that's actually a pretty decent deal. And it doesn't matter, obviously, really, if the balls are used because, you know, they're lacrosse balls. They're going to get dirty. They're going to get used as long as they can. They're not too messed up to the point, like, where they would, like, get messed up, like, when you throw them. They will still, you know, work great. Well, those are the best tips I feel like I can give for, uh, You know, finding cheap lacrosse gear. I hope to anyone out there listening, looking to get into the sport, um, hopefully found it useful. Now for the second part of the show, I had an idea for, I guess you could say a discussion maybe. And it's something I would like some of you to think about as well. I was watching a video on like fast lacrosse shots and like how to make your shots faster and everything and it got me wondering what do you all think is better a fast shot or an accurate shot obviously you want both you would want both in your like as a player but if you could only choose one what would you choose or what do you think is more important to be personally myself I think I I gotta go with accuracy because like yeah you can have a 90 plus shot but it don't mean anything if it's just flying you know 20 yards over the goal though of course i have seen plenty of accurate shots in my time and they were slower than me running you know it's and that obviously doesn't help either yeah it may like be on point like like and could like absolutely paint a corner with just how accurate it is but it's just if it's slow the goalie's just gonna stop it like it's nothing and I felt like that's kind of what happened with me back when I played, like, in high school. Like, so granted, I mean, my accuracy was, you know, decent, you know, for what it was. I would always, if I had the ball, I'd always try to aim low. I never really did any of the faking, which probably didn't help either. But, you know, once I got it, I immediately tried to shoot it. And that was another thing. I was a quick shooter, I guess you could say. Um, at least I, that's what I considered myself, or I did consider myself. Um, It was somewhere it was accurate enough. No, you know, and um, and just quick enough to get past the goalie without them really noticing right away especially if the Shot ended up having some bounce to it now back in like middle school and uh, high school lacrosse one thing like everyone tried doing doing was sidearm shots, you know and just like try they tried ripping it and you pretty much all the time except for maybe once or twice they were unsuccessful they just never made it and our coach and our coaches would get pr- quite annoyed on modified and JV saying you're just not good enough to do it yet you know you got to work with it outside like practice and stuff and like just do decent o- like solid overhands and, and not the sidearm of course pretty much everyone who did sidearm shots would never listen and would always attempt them and like I said if they went in once or twice like only once or twice they would go in and and that was the problem because then they would be like oh yeah I could totally do it no you just got really kind of lucky because yeah you're getting you may be getting better at it but you're just, you just got, you're just not doing it well enough to at, at a consistent rate to like really use it as a viable option for scoring a goal now did some of them eventually get better with it and use it like all the time, yeah, but it was because a lot of them were working with it outside of practice in the backyard. Now, one person that I played with uh, back in high school who I still think has the fastest shot of someone I've ever played with is a man named Austin Blumbergs. He actually plays here at St. Bonaventure University. Shout out to him. Um, and actually, I plan on having him on the show in a future episode. So possibly turn, tune in for that one when it happens now he really always had a fast shot even like in jv and i guess you could have considered him like one of the few people i trusted to do one like at that time and really no one else and he's gotten it to the point where it's it's super deadly it's accurate and it's fast like the, the perfect combination and he's only going to make it faster i know he is so it is something to think about but i've also seen players who who may who were, who were more based in accuracy, but obviously didn't have the fastest, but they were good at faking out. So, like, they may have shoot high, but it wasn't that quick of a fake out. It was just, but it was just enough to, like, where they could, you know, fake high, shoot low, and get the goal, and the ball probably barely registered you know, maybe 20 miles an hour, not even. Of course, I may be a little bit of an exaggeration in what I just said, but it still was quite a slow shot, but like, With just enough skill, they were able to, you know, fake out the goalie. Of course, with that, though, you got to be right next to the box almost. Whereas with a good sidearm shot, you know, you could be a few good yards away and still have it, like, just ring at the paint the corner. So I guess you could say it really just falls down onto your play style and just, like, what works best for you. Because obviously, I've always been a fan of the term, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If yeah, you feel like your shots super slow, but it's not, but you're still getting goals with it, then you know don't fix it. You know maybe you can probably tweak some things here and there, but um, I wouldn't just don't change it because then you you may not be scoring as many goals as you once did, all because you know made some major tweaks. And that's just for uh, short sticks. Look, long poles, that's a whole another story. Of course. Quite a few long poles can, you know, really crank it. Um, for uh Penn alum, Mike Manley uh, had, I believe, hundred. F- had a 114-mile-per-hour shot in um, the fastest shot competition back in, like, the MLL, like, a good few years ago. And that was insane. I remember watching that, and especially with the deep pole, like, you know, I just didn't think you could shoot that fast with it and i believe that might have been a record at one point as well now the record right now for fastest shot i believe is close to like almost 120 miles per hour i believe it's just shy of that like it right at 119 point you know 9 or 8 or whatever and i believe it was done by patrick lursen was his name and that was like way back in 2015 um so, yeah, I don't... I mean, like, 120 miles per hour, like, or 119. That that's really is incredible. And, obviously, if you can paint the corners, like, any any of them, really, with that, like, with that speed consistently, then you're just... you're. Ne- I don't think you're ever not going to get a goal. It's always going to make it in. And I do believe shots will just keep getting faster and faster. Now, will they ever get to, like almost 200 i obviously don't think that but like i definitely could see and maybe tacking on another 20 miles per hour at some point which is going to be even more insane to see that and i believe that won't just be really a physical thing that will be you know stick technology the, the better like pockets the way we string sticks like the material we use the way like we shape them that's going to be a tremendous part of it as well but I would like to know, because um, I'm generally interested, if anyone listening had knew someone like they played with that really just always shot sidearm, even though they were just playing pretty much terrible at it, like they could never make it, or they had a beyond slow shot that just never worked. Now, since we're nearing the end of the show, I thought I'd give a brief idea of what's going to be coming to you next episode and I'm really excited for it because I'm going to be talking about the best lacrosse team college lacrosse teams that have ever played um I'm going to be trying to I'm going to be talking about um specific seasons players on those teams and and everything in that and so and I thought I'd give you an idea about it next episode because you know to get your to get your ideas going about what your what you think is the best team that's ever played in college lacrosse and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting it's maybe gonna be a little controversial because my picks for top teams um, may not be the same as yours some of you may not even have a specific season like for a team you just maybe like a team generally overall. And so that's going to be great. I always like talking about people's favorite teams, um, like in any sport. And lacrosse is one I feel like that gets overlooked because lacrosse, I feel like, always gets overlooked and everything. So I think that episode's going to be real fun to listen to, and I hope you all tune in. And with these last final seconds, I'd uh, like to apologize if I seem like I ran to, uh, went on a bit of a long drawn out rant a bit um and also again i apologize if my voice sounded a bit off today like i said i'm for some reason my voice uh just throat is acting up a little bit so hopefully it's better on the next episode if not well, well you just gotta do what you gotta do you know and work through it again i can't say this enough thank you all for taking the time to listen to the show and until next time remember keep your sticks high see ya